This is Real Talk with Rodney Hyde. Tuesdays and Thursdays from 10 a.m. I have the wonderful Ali Cook now on. Thank you, Ali, for joining me this morning. Good morning, Rodney. Nice to be on. Well, first up, congratulations on organising the petition. Uh, I will check and I'll sign in again to make sure I've signed it because I don't know if I've have. I've got so confused, but I support you one hundred percent. Tell me first of all about the petition. Second of all, about the disappearing signatures. First of all, tell me about the petition. What's your hope? Um, well, I have a vaccine injured son, so my son. Oh, I'm very sorry. Yeah, so my son collapsed at the truck uh, at the wheel of his 50-ton truck on State Highway 1 six hours after the shot. He didn't want to take. He was mandated. He left it till the last day, took the shot. Six hours later, he called Healthline. They called the ambulance. They found him draped over the wheel. Thank goodness he managed to pull the truck to a stop, but he couldn't even find a pull over the bay. So he stopped in the middle of State Highway 1 and he was taken to Ashburton Hospital and that was the beginning. So that was over a year ago now. He still has myocarditis and periocarditis a year later and he's undergoing tests and waiting to see a cardiologist. So he has what the doctor has now described as chronic periocarditis and myocarditis from one shot of the Pfizer vaccine. So you Just might say I'm a mama bear. <laughs> I, well, good on you being a mama bear. Um, yeah. Just back the back the truck up a little bit if i may say i yeah. should add i love truck drivers my dad yeah. and all my uncles and my grandfather were truck drivers i grew up in trucks yeah and i just love trucks and truck drivers because that's what i know having said that i wouldn't even yeah. know my way around a modern truck how old is your son he's 26 He's one of the longest, he's one of the youngest long haul truck drivers at 23 in New Zealand. Um, and that was after he had a serious car accident four years ago, which he recovered from and he walks with a brace. So he, he came through, tr- retrained as a truck driver from a tyre tech and has gone through to be a class five long haul truck driver in New Zealand, taking goods up and down the country. Um, yeah. So... Yeah, so I love truck drivers too, and uh, I do get out on the I do get out on the road with him occasionally. Great. So Isn't that fun? Life is like it is great. It's great. So yeah, so that that was my motivation really for the petition. And so, so tell me I, about his injury. He was not keen to take the jab. Oh no, he he didn't want to do it. I mean, he was mandated. He was forced to. But because I mean, he'd come through so much, and I think if maybe he. he He's, you know, if he hadn't come through so much in his life with the car accident that nearly took his life four years before, he'd he'd come through, he'd risen through that. You know, he has had both knees reconstructed, a rod through one leg. Um, he walks with a brace because he lost his common perineal nerve in the in the accident, so he can't walk without a brace. And um, you know, so taking his job away that he loved was just too much for him in the end. And he, he didn't want to take the vaccine, then he took it, and then he's now deeply regrets it because of what's happened to him, you know? So he walked me through, because I never had the jab, um, and fortunately I didn't, the cost to me of not taking the jab was trivial. Yep. But tell me, tell, walk me through the process of him getting the jab. He went in, where did he go to get the jab? 
Um, he was working um, at the time for Move Logistics. They were mandating. He um, went into the Cromwell branch, um, uh, to a Cromwell clinic, and that's where he had it um, at about 12.30 in the afternoon. Then by 6 o'clock, he was on his run, on his way up north, and um, he got as far as just outside of Ashburton. He couldn't breathe. He felt like there was weights on his chest. And when came and his heart rate was over 200 beats per minute and um, he was on the ambulance gurney and the doctor came in while he was still on the gurney before they'd even taken him off leaned over him and said don't let this put you off your second shot and he said mum I couldn't even get the breath out to say what the you know Um, because he said I couldn't even breathe to say what the hell you know like you're asking you're telling me not to put this off my second shot they didn't even take a blood test they discharged him with anxiety and the next day he ended up in in Christchurch A&E and the following day he ended up in Queenstown because he was getting trying to get around you know to trying to keep driving and and it just was you know getting worse and they never took troponin levels they never took blood tests back then and and then he'd had some bouts in and out and then so a year later um, he went in this Christmas went into to Nelson Hospital and they were less gaslighty this time when he went in and they tested his troponin levels and they came back super high and they said you've got pericarditis myocarditis and they they literally admitted it was from the vaccine it was ongoing and then he tried as a young person does to to get going he got on his anti-inflammatories they put him on massive amounts of anti-inflammatories and he tried to do New Year's Eve and twice or well he got as far as um, Geraldine and went to his friends I gotta go to hospital turn back for Christchurch and he couldn't even make it to Christchurch and he ended up back in Ashburton a year later um, with with diagnosed pericarditis this time so um, yeah so it's chronic so his doctor said that it's a chronic condition for him now so he basically has to have anti-inflammatories all the time just to keep himself from being in a state and when you say something's chronic that means forever well, it looks like it, doesn't it? And that's one of the things that my petition, I want, you know, and I've mentioned it in my petition, is that I want I want research and to help these injury pe- people because the, it's time to stop the denial and start researching into mRNA vaccine injury and work out how to help these people. Has he got an official thing from a doctor? Yes, know. yes, his doctor's following it through and we're, we're starting the ACC process now, which they tried immediately to kind of like gaslight with him, which he cut the chick down on the phone the other day and she she ended up saying, you know, he said, look, I'm 26 years old, I've got my life ahead of me and I've got a heart condition now because of this, you know. So they, they calmed down on it, so they're waiting for the results to come back from an echocardiogram that he's had and they're looking into his notes now, Um but I, I took a really close notes all the way through, so I know exact times, the lot numbers. So I reported it to Calm, did all that stuff, read it, wrote it down. I've got this huge document on every time he's gone into hospital, and what a great so mum. yeah, we're going through the ACC process, and um, we'll see if we can. And it's not because he wants to get off work or anything or get compensation. It's just for the future, so he can get a cardiologist appointment and not pay a fortune, you know. Yes, I'm talking with Ali Cook. She's got the petition calling for a Royal Commission into the efficacy and safety of the mRNA uh, vaccine. We're talking about the terrific damage done to her 26-year-old son, which is heart-wrenching, just to hear 
let alone to be that son and be the mum. Tell me, Ali, I'm sorry to be ignorant, what's pericarditis and myocarditis? So pericarditis is inflammation of the heart sac and pericarditis uh, and myocarditis is inflammation of the heart muscle. So by what I understand from the doctor, um, who's treating a lot of other patients as well, our doctor, and also treating a lot of long COVID patients as well, is that something in the something in the vaccine has switched the inflammation on in the heart cells. That's that's what it is. So we're working with some various kind of, I would say, experimental treatments because my doctor's spending time, you know, working with other doctors overseas who are, you know, he spends three to four hours a day research by doctor. So I've got a very good doctor, very right. lucky. He's integrative and he's um, doing some LDN, which is low dose natroxin, which is like something that they, as I understand, they give you for um rheumatoid arthritis but they give it in a very low dose that's done by a pharmacy in Auckland so they give it to you at like 1.5 milligrams which you take this tiny dose thing so he's going with that at the moment and while he's on that that seems to calm it down a bit and he doesn't have to resort to the Nurofen three times a day which is what you know I mean the hospital put him on 600 milligrams three times a day so that's sort of the equivalent of three Nurofen three times a day you know so you sound like a qualified nurse or is this just been through uh, the well, it's experience. just because you have to be because you have to be informed, right? You don't want your kid to die of a heart attack, do you? So you've actually got to get yourself informed um, and understand what's happening. So, um, and we're lucky enough to have a good doctor. So I, I get my understanding from him, you know, which yes. is great. And um, tell me, your son is able to work and drive? Yeah, he is, as long as he keeps taking anti-inflammatories. Um, at the moment, unless he has a really bad bout that the anti-inflammatories don't keep a lid on. Um, did, he, so he, did, he, did he take the second shot? Hell no. And, you know, I mean, the, my other son did too and seemed to come out all right. My daughter hasn't had any. My husband haven't had any. I haven't had any. So, you know, we tried. We tried to stop our children having it. And, yeah. um, you know, but I do understand. So when his, he didn't have the second, sh- I mean, was he not working? How did it get on for the mandate when he didn't have? Oh, yeah, then he job? lost his job. He lost his job for not having, you know, and, and you know, that was the You're thing. You're kidding like, me. Yep, yep. So move logistics, that was a thing. And I, I, you know, because I am a bit of a pit bull, I got onto the, I got onto the CEO, you know, and I was having, he, he in the end stopped talking to me, but I said, you know, I said the night that it happened, if anything happens to my son, I will hold you morally, uh, publicly, and legally responsible for what's happened to my son. Mm. And so, so um, you know, that was after the ambulance ride because I was pretty wild at that point. But, I mean, then they, they expected him to do it, and he just then he turned around and he said, what? He said, the first one nearly killed me, and you expect me to do it again? And so he lost his job. Um, so you know, I have I have a friend who had a heart attack again. A healthy young woman had a heart attack after her second jab, and um, not as bad as your son, but still waiting to see the cardiologist. Who surprise, surprise, are very busy a year on. Yeah. Um, and to keep her job, she took this third jab. She got she had to get a booster. And, um, but like she had a mortgage, she had kids to feed, she was scared. Yeah. What's What's going on? What's going on? What's happened is criminal. criminal. It's criminal. And, and, And of course, 
for that CEO, they're going to do the old defence of just following orders sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah, that didn't work in the Nuremberg trials, my friend. No. Tell me no. this, Ali. Tell us about your petition now. What's that and what's it about? So, and how does it work? so I went and I tried to start the petition. And first of all, they tried to stop me. Well, I have to recoil a little bit. I was involved in a movie called Silent No More. Yes. Um, which I performed in. I don't know if you've seen that movie because I'm a musician as well. Yes. And so um, I was involved in that. And Anna Hodgkinson, who is Casey Hodgkinson's mother, tried repeatedly to get a government petition and they kept coming back with you can't use that wording you can't say that you can't say this and we were running up to the release of the movie so what we did was we just started up a change.org one or something like that and we got 12,000 signatures in about I don't know a week or something before we did the before we filmed because we wanted to have a oh, that a was the one I signed a, yes a petition to present and we ended up managed through a friend to get Chris Pink to actually accept that petition, which yes. they then only counted as one signature because it's not a parliamentary petition. So I thought, right, I'm going to, now the movie's out, I'm going to give it a shot. And it took me over two months to actually get this across the line. First of all, they wouldn't let me do it because there was another petition that was similar to mine by Greg Rogozinowski, which was asking for a Royal Commission of Inquiry into the COVID-19 response, right? And there is currently the um, one that's in Parliament now, which is a Royal Commission supposedly of the government looking at how it handled the pandemic. But as you will know, and it's been well reported, the terms of reference of that Royal Commission of Inquiry exclude the vaccine, any discussion of the vaccine, the efficacy of the vaccine, any discussion by, uh, you know, basically anyone. They basically eliminated the vaccine from being discussed, which means that you then eliminate the mandates from being discussed and how you can have a Royal Commission of Inquiry into the COVID response and ignore thousands of New Zealanders who were made to give up their jobs or take this, this vaccine, you know, which has ended up, the truth has come out now where Pfizer has admitted in the European Parliament on 11th of October that they never, ever tested their vaccine for efficacy and mandates were based on the efficacy of the vaccine, yes. the ability to spread it from one person to another. So I thought I want my petition to be just about the vaccine, nothing else. So there's no way in a terms of, you know, conditional terms of reference that you can exclude the vaccine injured because we've been excluded you know our families have been excluded out of, yes. out of everything so so that's why and then then i said to the the petition said to me i said i've had my wording and it said thousands of people have been injured by the covid-19 vaccines they said prove it i said well here's your med safe report here's 65400 whatever <laughs> and here's 4000 serious life threatening including heart attacks spontaneous abortion you know, central nervous system disorders like, you know, myocarditis has been put out as a warning. Like, how much evidence do you want? It's your own evidence. So they accepted that. And then they came back and I said, this medicine has had more reactions than any other medicine on the market. They said, prove it. So I sent them the search bar of MedSafe for searching reactions. And I said, you find me a medicine that's had more reactions than 60-odd thousand. And then they went, oh, approved. And they finally... You know, so just getting it to that was such an effort. Just getting it to actually go live. And now they've threatened to say that because Greg Rosanowski's one is going through the 
the process of the select committee that mine's too similar. And I went, ah, 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 you let my one across the line. You tried to say it was too similar in the beginning, and you obviously accepted that it isn't. And I said, Greg Rosanowski's one does not mention the vaccine by name or anything. I said, mine has nothing to do with the response and everything to do with the safety and efficacy and approval of the vaccine in New Zealand. So I'm so I'm pushing back and then the next minute I go to extend it because I think, oh, it's doing really well. It's got over 20,000 signatures. You know, I think, okay, I'll extend it. And then they extend it on Sunday night and all of a sudden 3,000 signatures disappear off it. So I send them a screenshot from the day before with 20,000 and whatever, and then one was 17,000 on it. And I go, what happened here? You know, and, and you heard the recording. They don't know. So I go from there to the ombudsman office yesterday. There's another recording out there now, which I'm about to put up on Twitter. Um, and the ombudsman can't do anything about the petitions department because the petitions department aren't actually something that the ombudsman can no, actually cover. Because it's parliament, because it's, it's part of the um, clerk, the clerk, the clerk of... Yes. Um, yeah, I just forgot the name, but yeah, Parliament Clerk. So anyway, they give me the Parliament Clerk's number and I ring up there and they are responsible and they're meant to be coming back to me and nobody's come back to me. And so I've just well, emailed the clerk and petitions again now and gone, what are you going to do? Because I'm just about up to calling the cops, you know? Yeah. I'm just about up well, to police complaint. keep in touch on this, Ali, and how you get on and we'll have you back. Tell me this, uh, how do listeners sign your petition? Right. The other thing is it's incredibly hard to search on the Parliament website. They did this upgrade um, just after the petition went live, and then all of a sudden my petition became hard to search. You couldn't search it under COVID. It didn't come up or anything. So if they can't find it, if they're not on a link and they're just listening, the easiest way is just go put Ali Cook, A-L-Y-C-O-O-K, in the petition search, and it will come straight up. Great. And well, with the most signatures that is open currently on the Parliament website, and it had a lot more, but I want those 3,000 to go back. Anyone that signed it, please sign it again. Um, if, if, if you have signed it and the petition, you know, the digital part of it has recognised your email address, the number just won't go up. But okay. the other thing I'm asking people to do is please keep screenshots. Now, I've already got screenshots of numbers minusing off it. Wow. So if you t if you take a screenshot and then you take a screenshot the next day and um, you find that the numbers have minused on it, can you please send me those screenshots? Right. Because they're evidence of what's going on. And the okay. other thing is my petition's the only one that's affected like this on the entire petition site. Unbelievable. Which, from an IT point of view, makes it unbelievable that it's some sort of innocent mistake to me, because if it was a problem across all petitions, the other petitions would have be have lost numbers. Well, I'll be signing it. I'll be signing it as soon as we end this record. Um, so you can count there's one and my <laughs> wife on, will yeah. do it. There's two. Now, um, I've got another suggestion for you. Yes. One of the things that I would like, and this is very powerful. Um, it doesn't sound powerful, but in many ways, it's more powerful than a Royal Commission. Because a Royal Commission um, is appointed by the government of the day. And, of course, you know, they're not going to appoint the people that we think they should appoint. But i uh, tell you what's very powerful is 
a select committee inquiry. So ah. what we want, and I'll tell you why it's powerful. Um, we want the health committee to have an inquiry into the safety of the vaccine. Right. And what that what why that is powerful is you can submit to be heard in Parliament. Oh yes, that's what I need. That's what we need. We need submissions so every vaccine injured person that's lines right. up to tell their story, and that's they just right. have to listen to what they've been responsible for. And that, I'll give that's what I'll, I want them to actually have to do. I'll give you a couple of examples. I'll give you one example. Um, and I was shocked how powerful it was. Um, I became aware when I was early on in the MP that the Inland Revenue Department was being way too aggressive and bullying on businesses and uh, causing untold stress and yep. to the suicides, suicides and everything. Yep. And I managed to convince the Finance and Select Committee to have an inquiry into it. Now, it's not easy to do because you've got to get a majority on the committee. But, you know, uh, uh, we should get the opposition parties uh, to agree to this before the election and hold them to account. But what made it powerful was everyday people um, came before this committee and every MP on that committee was truly shocked by their testimony. And we probably only had 50, 60 people in the finish, right? Because of time. But we had hundreds of submissions. And it ended up, we wrote a very damning report. And the commissioner had to go, the deputy commissioner had to go, they had to sort of change the law. Um, I fear that it's slinked back now to its old ways. But the point of it is it allows the people to speak and the select committee can travel around. We traveled around New Zealand. So we'd go to Auckland, you know, we'd go to Christchurch and yeah. um, hear submissions and the media filmed it because it was great TV and great radio and great news. Um, so that's another thing. They're not mutually exclusive, do both, but we should all be asking those that are standing for public office at the next election, your local MPs, will they support a parliamentary inquiry yeah. into this? Uh, that and that's, sounds a, that's like another that string sounds, to your bow. That sounds like a great idea. I mean, the other aspect of this is I need to find, uh, you know, with this petition, I need to find an MP that's currently sitting to present it. And I've written off to uh, both my MP, Damien O'Connor, because I had to, you know, really, because he's my local MP, and uh, also to Maureen Pugh, and neither of them have answered me. So I, I think I'm going to get, a, you know, stonewalled to find an MP to actually present it. I well, believe we I'm will start, we will, when when the, when the you're ready, we'll start hounding them. Um, yeah. And, and, and because this is so, so critical to give people the voice. Um just again, Ali, you go to the parliamentary website, you go to the petitions and you search for Ali Cook. That's A-L-Y-C-O-O-K. Please sign It'll the come, petition. Yeah. Ali, good luck to you for your petition. I wish Thank your you. son uh, um, a recovery. He Thank sounds you. like a great boy. You've been to Helen back like so many yeah. New Zealanders and you've been that new phrase, gaslit, which yeah. is 
truly, truly shocking. Uh, there you go, listeners. That was Ali Cook, a mother, badly injured son. Imagine it, 26-year-old healthy son working away, got to get the jab, uh, gets a jab, heart attack. Driving his truck, could have hurt himself, hurt innocent people as well. Um, comes out of that, take another jab. My goodness. We can't just let this slip away from us, uh, ladies and gentlemen. We have to um, we have to get some answers. We have to get back to being what I would call a civil society. And you think what Ali has had to go through, first with the doctors, with her son, then uh, with the system, and then the simple task of being a citizen of New Zealand to get a petition to your parliament, which is our House of Representatives, and all the hoops and hurdles that they've put us through, and now 3,000 names have disappeared. Well, I'll be signing it. My wife will be signing it. I hope you will too. You're listening to Real Talk with Rodney Hyde on Reality Check Radio, where we cover all the issues. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to Real Talk with Rodney Hyde on RCR, Reality Check Radio.